What's up, strength coaches? Welcome to a brand new show, Research Tuesday. And we created this show, right? This is a little bit of Strength Coach Network and Exergo Tech coming together to make strength and conditioning, make research, everything better and more practical. Because, Greg, what are we trying to get rid of? Social media science. Fucking A right. Social media science. We're trying to get rid of it, all right? We need to get back to the roots, and rather than people just making these claims without having any actual research behind it, and we're going to caveat this with, yes, we understand research might take too long, and there's, there's pros and cons to both, but I think the pendulum has swung too far with too much social media science, and that's why this show was born. Greg, you talk about why this is important to you. Well, honestly, I mean, here's the thing. Everything that we do, we have to explain our reason and rationale. That's one of the things that we came up with. Like when I was a trainer, uh, one of the first times I was questioned, so why did you do this? And I took offense to that at the very first time, because why? Because I had an ego that like, oh, I took a certification and I knew something. So why would you ask me a question as to why I chose to program the way I program? And my mentor at the time, she said, we always have to defend what it is that we're doing, our claims, whatever. People are going to ask questions about why we're doing what we're doing and we need to be able to back it up and how we back that up is kind of why we're here because there's different ways there's different ways to look at research research papers conduct studies are we doing a historical review are we doing you know a blind test are we doing something a random controlled trial or are we doing observational bench studies that we're just hanging out in our gym saying hey what happens if these kids push a sled, you know, 10 meters, and then we put more weight on there? What happens? We all know that something's going to happen, but it's using the science. What is sports science? What is science, right? That big question is why we're here, and is the stuff that we're looking at, is the research that we're seeing, are the claims that are being made backed up by science, and can people explain what it is that they're doing so that we can repeat it and maybe even try it with our own clients, right? And that's exactly why I did what I did with my dissertation was I wanted it to be repeatable because I truly wanted to make this better for athletes and for coaches because this is our episode one. We're not going to dive into an actual research article today. We will in the future. We're going to talk about how to actually read a paper right now. But what I did with my dissertation was I wanted coaches to take principles from all the different resources that I had to read. There was all these devices that were too big and people couldn't actually use it. But my goal was to bridge that gap and to be able to bring practical knowledge and practical devices which is, I mean, part of the reason why I uh, partnered here with you with yep. the, the G flight and the G strength and the G sprint to, to give people that technology that they may not be able to afford. Like, cause there's all these research out there with these harnesses pulling you from the ceiling and yep. just these big fancy things. And that's not what coaches have. And we're a grassroots effort to give strength coaches practical information and, we're going to keep this really quick folks, right? We're looking yeah. no more than a 15 minute, you know, video you can listen on the way into work. So whether you're watching this or on audio, um, if you're listening, you might want to watch the, the video once we actually come up with our articles. But this first one, again, how to read a paper and Greg, I'm gonna let you take it off. Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things that you hit is people don't have the budget for isokinetic dynamometers. 
You know what I mean? That's a $200,000 machine. So how do you get to determine, how do you get to find stuff? You're going to have to go and look at research. So where do we start? You know, this is, like we said, this isn't going to be something that is super graphic and intense right now. This is it. How to read a paper. The very first thing that you need to come up with is find sources. Sources. What are sources? Sources are anything that are making claims. Sources are anything that you can use to help defend what claims you're making. Where do you find those? The most simplest thing is Google Scholar, right? A lot of people are touting how, like Google Scholar does a great job, especially if you don't have access to an academic library. You can literally go into that and type in, if I do X, can I get Y? And you'll get something, you'll get some data out of it and you can specify, uh, you know, the duration. Do you want to see stuff from five years ago? We all know, having done our thesis, thesi, that's, that's a weird word. It's something. It's plural of thesis is, may not be thesi. But anyway, the thing is, is we all had to defend these. We all had to cite sources. We all yeah. had to go and even, even doing the searches had to be categorized. And so I think oftentimes, you know, maybe some of the strength coaches out there forget that we all had to do this, you know, because now they're looking at how do they get information out to people? Because there's some people out there that if you look them up, they don't have any published peer-reviewed articles to their names, yet they're out there as experts. Well, one of the things I want to say, too, is I'm a big fan. If people don't like the Google Scholar ResearchGate, I can dive down some ResearchGate uh, rabbit holes. And they will also kind of spew you to some of the the NSCA. Um, they have their you know journal of research coming out on a pretty regular basis. And if you don't want to get that, it is in an electronic form. It's not only just in the, the printed form. Right. So those are three options that we're giving you guys right now. He said Google Scholar, ResearchGate, and the NSCA Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research to dive down these rabbit holes. Any, I mean, literally type into a Google search bar, sports journals, and yep. you will get everything that you could, more than you could possibly want. And the big thing, we're not going to talk too much about this, but like we talked about with the research, Everything has strengths and weaknesses. So some journals have strengths, some journals have weaknesses. And we need to understand that, that there's also bias in this. So those are some of the strengths and weaknesses as well. Is it institutional bias? Is it publication bias, right? So that's why we're, we're talking about finding sources and then asking questions. And each one of these steps, finding sources, asking questions, reading papers, there's so much more to this, but we don't want to cover it all here. It's for you to ask questions back to us and say, help us direct where you want to go. Because when you ask questions like, man, I see these kids jumping and sprinting, but we're not lifting weights. Are they getting any faster? Are you testing them? Are you assessing them? There's a ton of research about jumping, sprinting, and lifting weights. It's up to you to go and find those, but then once you find it, what do you do? And that's where the reading paper comes into play. Um, again, a very quick Google search, and I think we're picking up on a theme here. Don't ask questions that you could answer with a five minute Google search on your own. Show some initiative. Show some effort that you are interested in learning what it is that people are putting out and go look for it because by typing in how to read a research paper 
I got three links, instantly three links. One from the National Institutes of Health, The Art of Reading a Journal article from Harvard University, How to Read a Research Paper. From Stanford University, How to Read a Research Paper. I got... Quick break from the show to remind you to hit that like and subscribe button. It helps us out and it helps you be notified when we have new content get released. So again, please hit that like and subscribe button if you enjoy this content. And with that, let's get back to the show. Three billion results in, in like under half a second. But the big top thing from the London School of Economics is read the introduction, not the abstract. Identify the big question. Understand what that is, the big question. What are they trying to answer? Are they, is that even clear to you? If it's not clear, ask, ask another question. Understand what the background is, why they wanna do it, and then look at what they're doing in that paper. And so again, you know, like I said, I mean, there's multiple different ways to find this out, but what are the components of a research paper? You have an abstract, an introduction, a background, methods, statistical analysis. Uh, this is off the top of my head. After statistical analysis would be discussion. Yeah, results, discussion. Yeah, results, discussion, practice. Limitations. Limitations, right? Like, were there only two people in the study? You know? And they'll also mention their bias within those limitations yeah. too. <clears throat> and one of the things to piggyback off what he's saying is not only just don't ask questions like – you can extract things because within these research papers, there's going to be claims that they have to support with other prior research. Yes. And within the research paper, there's going to be your references at the end. So you can start going down these rabbit holes and it's like, okay, I liked this article and they had four sources that I'm really interested in. We'll start reading those resources. And that's something that Jeff Moyer talked about in one of his cheeky midweekies with us where he's like, look, start like not only just read the paper, but like read the references and references. find and just keep getting to the source. And then what you'll start to find out is, you know, a lot of these things, these principles have been around for a while, but it, at least you're starting to get some newer and newer practical applications, whether it be a new methodology or a new modality, but you might come to find it, you're just going to do a better job of learning exactly what it is that we're doing. And I think to that point, I mean, it's called uh, reverse searching. If you find a paper in, uh, say you do a, uh, a scholar search, Google scholar search, and you've said, you know, let, let's just, this was for me, you know, uh, isometric mid-thigh pull and sports performance, right? So what do we get out of that? You get a ton of stuff, but you get to look at it and you'll see that there's a massive uptick in 2010 to, mm. to now. And why is that? Yeah, why is that? A scientist would say, well, that's because force plates became more economical, not huh. super economical, but more economical that other people could afford them. And they started to standardize some of the practices and procedures that are being done that other people could replicate. So then another person goes, hmm, I have an idea. I want to use a force plate, right? And so you have this, when you look at the results and the references those references are actually painting a picture of the thought process of the person who wrote that paper, right? Because they had to go and look at the research and remember that most papers have to be submitted to an internal review board uh. for approval. 
So they're going to look at it and go, does this meet the institution's directives? Does this meet uh, the direction that we want to go with research? You could be stopped right there. Or is it like unethical? And so when you think about all the steps to even have a paper that's published, and we'll talk about this in the future, the bias that's there, because if you submit to the same journal, Ooh, yeah. Right? Yep. Guess what happens? You're with your peers inside that journal, but then are is it the bros club or the, you know... Bras. Bros, bra, bras. Yeah. yeah, bros, bras. Yeah. We're not discriminating. Yeah. I mean, that's but that's what I meant. Is it like the people yeah. of the same mental... Echo chamber. Is it a holy huddle? Echo, echo chamber or holy huddle? Right. You know, like, are we pushing dogma forward? And that's something that you got to question too, because then there's someone who comes out with something that's different that goes against that narrative, and you got to ask more questions. And I think the result here is that you always got to be respectful, and you got to be constructive in the questions that you ask, but don't just take things as social media science, <laughs> the, the claims that are out there, because most of those are not motivated by improving our profession. They're motivated by improving whoever's promoting its bottom line. Right. And so, and you can, I bet you, you could do a study on that as well. Right. The efficacy of social media strength coaches versus cited papers. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a research question right there. If you have a massive following, does that correlate to your scientific integrity? The world may never know. The world. Yeah. Cause that's where, again, you start talking about buying followers and whatnot. Um, right. And, and we're not saying that people who have social media personalities and personas don't have good science. A ton of them do. Oh, hell yeah. A ton of them do. But the thing is, is, you know, research is about investigating and it's getting to answers and it's how you can make this better. And so how do we read a paper? Find sources, find papers to read, read a bunch of papers, ask a bunch of questions, find people that are smarter than you, right? Or maybe not as smart as you that you think. And have them read it and see what their conclusions are and have a discussion, an educated discussion. Because we all did this in our undergrads, our graduates, our doctorates. I haven't done it in my doctorate, you know, not like Dr. Lima over here. Oh, uh, here we go. You know, but the point is, is we need to then dig deep into these papers. We need to dig deep, not just into the abstract and don't just find the little snippet that's taken out of context that supports your claim. Make sure that you can back it up with multiple sources. The other thing is if you see something that's out there or you hear something that's questionable, bring it up to us and be like, hey, guys, let's all research it. Because now there's a team of us as research assistants helping each other. Yes. And that's the best part because that's how you grow this industry. That's how you grow the science. And to Justin's point, and this happens all the time, is the science up to date with the policies and procedures at facilities and things like that, right? Sometimes yes and sometimes no. If you have a very progressive place like a sports institute who's up to speed on the science and how fast it moves, sure. If you go to the doctor who's a sports yeah. medicine person, they're still following what's on actuarial tables and insurance tables from 10 years ago because it has to go through all this vetting all these trials to even be accepted and again maybe there's bias there too who knows
That is for another episode to talk about. Again, Greg hit it on the head. If you have questions, if you have research that you want us to talk about or you want to come on the show, go ahead and leave a comment down below in the YouTube. Uh, We will be getting to that and we will be continuing to come out every week with a new Research Tuesday. Let us know what the topics are. But for me, I appreciate y'all listening. Greg? Yeah. You have a good rest of the day, brother. Hopefully this is the start of something fresh and new where people can get their ideas out and share the knowledge. Amen, brother. Everybody, have a good happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday.